When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is September 16th, 2022. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Afrikanoa tonight to talk about this SmackDown. New challenger for Roman Reigns. Press conference tomorrow. Rampage, pre-taped. Issa's out tonight. We hope she's doing well. There's some weather stuff going on on the island. Yeah, stay safe out there. I hear Fiona. Fiona is no joke. Hey, now. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna hang with you tonight and talk about wrestling, plus you know life, whatnot. It's the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Alfred, what's going on in the news? Well, there's a lot going on. A busy news day. The big news of the day, Glenergy. Get this: there is once again. It's that time of year because this has been happening the last three years. It seems like there's been rumors in 2020. This was a story last year. When Warner Brothers Discovery looked like they were merging, this is a story. And again, it looks like there are rumors that NBC Universal, which airs WWE programming, could merge with Warner Brothers Discovery, which airs AEW programming. Uh, this wouldn't be able to happen until 2024 due to rights fees and contracts and whatnot. But it sounds like from this report from Hollywood Reporter, it's kind of inevitable. It looks like uh, CEO Brian Roberts of Comcast, which oversees NBCU. Uh, it sounds like the report said that there's some good synergies between the two parties, and Roberts is licking his chops because Warner Brothers Discovery is so low their stock right now. Of course, Warner Brothers Discovery really is offloading a lot, a lot of budget cuts, really setting it up for a sale. And if that did indeed happen, the dynamic would be NBC Universal looks like buying Warner Brothers Discovery as opposed to these two conglomerates coming together. So this could mean a lot of things. It could be bad news for AEW. It could mean WWE and AEW exist together, especially if NBCU buys WWE and the wrestling yeah. politics kind of go away. But it could mean a lot of things, and a lot of people are speculating. But I do think that this would be the avenue to a potential super show between AEW and WWE. But we'd have to wait till 2024, which is shaping up to be a big year in wrestling. What do you think about a potential merger between these two companies, Glenn? A lot would have to change. Could you imagine just all these kids playing in the same sandbox? And I don't mean the wrestlers. I mean the executives with all the drama, with all the back and forth, with all the he said, he said, he said. I'm serious. I'm not going to sit back and take this fucking shit. How would that go? How would that go with them all together under the same roof? Zasloff and Brian Roberts? I mean, can a room contain that much charisma? This is bad if this happens, and wrestling is the least of the bad news if Universal and Warner Brothers Discovery merge. Yeah, this could be, who knows what the dynamics of this is going to be, if it's going to be good or bad news for anybody. Uh, I just think that it's very interesting, and it's one of those things that if we're looking at 2024, there's going to be so many sea-changing things. We're going to get new TV deals for both companies, a possible sale of WWE, a possible merger between NBCU and Warner Brothers Discovery, and then all the free agents who are out there in both companies who are going to be signed. So a lot of moving parts could happen. We are going to be in a completely different landscape come 2024. They might just go up and acquire Control Your Narrative while, while they're at it. Well, yeah, that's the big fish that's out there right now. It's Control Your Narrative, maybe airing on TBS. 
I'm feeling bad with controlling your nerve, canceling like all their dates. Now I'm feeling a little bad. Oh, see, yeah, we're talking about it, but now they're just uh, up in smoke. I'm sure. Hey, you know what? Control your narrative. If you want to make money, you book Velveteen Dream. You get Velveteen Dream <laughs> and EC3 together in the ring and uh, have at it. I, I would pay to see that. I would try to have that. Joey Ryan as a special guest referee. <laughs> hey, why not? You know, you do a triple threat and just get all the guys that you're <laughs> Triple threat. Yeah. Well, that's all for the Wrestling Podcast tonight. Before we get canceled, I think uh, <laughs> time to take it home. Twitch, twitch, twitch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what else is going on in the news? Well, Warner Brothers Discovery and NBC Universal. Uh, we'll just keep an eye on that for 2024. But also, good news for AEW as their rating streak of a million or more continues for a fourth straight week. They actually did a year high 1.2 million, 1.175 million for AEW Dynamite, which is up 14%. So, here's a show, Glenn. No CM Punk, no Young Bucks, but they had a couple of world title contender matches in that tournament, the Grand Slam tournament they're doing. And Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson, obviously a big draw, two very big stars. And AEW really riding this wave of momentum. They didn't really get that bump from that internet drama that happened last week, but people seem to really be interested in this tournament and crowning a new champion. This is the upside to CM Punk not expanding AEW's fan base dramatically, is that those million hardcore diehard fans cannot seem to be turning on him fast enough with their sentiment towards this guy, as we're seeing more of the alleged details come out about what happened at brawl out behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's both sides. Cause there are the crazy CM Punk diehards. Lord knows I've been hearing from some of them, but then there are people who are with the young bucks. And I just think the incorrect narrative of this is to choose a side. I think, both people were kind of in the wrong in terms of how you do this. I do think CM Punk was wronger if there was a thing, but it looks like all of this drama is not really hurting. It's not helping AEW in terms of driving viewership there, but what's really helping them is the product. They've just kind of gone back yeah. to basics. They've gone back to wrestling. They've put their biggest stars that they have left uh, front and center, and it seems to be working for now in terms of crowning a new world champion. So this is great news for AEW, which was on fire a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I'm not saying CM Punk's in entirely way. to blame. I mean, Young Bucks, you know, who knows? The way they've been dressing in the ring, they clearly have broke from reality a while ago. Yes, they're leaning into their heel bona fides, especially with those bleach goatees. Yeah, I feel like they face. are absolutely marks for themselves. I want to see a picture of just as crazy as Nick Jackson looks with all the accessory and then a black eye. That would look wild. It's like some Tiger King shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of nuts. I'm surprised. I don't think people are picking sides of this. I haven't seen anyone online defending CM Punk. I have. Are you kidding? Really? There are 500, 600 comments now in uh, my wrestling bit. Just oh, burying CM Punk, saying that they should fire him. And the CM Punk diehards, they all believe, because there's a lot of stories that have come out in terms of what happened. And wait, one wait, of the people stories, are defending CM Punk, though. Yeah, because one of the stories that have come out that was... I don't know. I can't say proven to be false, but a lot of people categorically deny that the Young Bucks kicked down the door to fight CM Punk. So the CM Punk diehards are going with that, that, hey, man, he's just defending himself. A three executives kicked down the door and jumped him. Of course he's going to defend himself. I've heard all kinds of wild theories. So CM Punk has always had that demagoguery cult type following where his fan base just think he's a god. They fancy him as somebody who can do no wrong. So they're going to live and die by CM Punk. <laughs> Except but, in the uh, UFC. He could do yes. no wrong. <laughs> yeah. Except three times in the UFC where he did a lot of wrong. Was it two or three fights? He got two fights, right? Uh, it was two, but 
I think. Um, but oh my, I mean, like that for me was just that the pedestal got knocked out from underneath him at that point. Yeah, I mean, shouts to him for trying, and it is sure, a very absolutely. difficult endeavor to, to do, but I don't know who counseled him on that. Maybe it was just a passion project, but it was nowhere for him to be in terms of just getting his ass beat. There was a reality show. There was all this buildup. There was, like, all this credibility, and I don't think anyone predicted, any, no one predicted it was going to go as poorly for him as it went. Yeah, well, I think people were skeptical of what he can do in UFC because no, he didn't no. have that much of a background. Alfred, if he hadn't trained at all for that fight, could it have gone any worse? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't think people thought that it might have gone that badly, but I do remember Joe Rogan burying him for even trying this. And when you heard Joe Rogan's commentary during the fight, you could almost hear the disdain in his voice for the fact that CM Punk was even there. In I believe one of the lines was, this is what happens when a white belt rolls with a brown belt. <laughs> um... I would even say that someone who was completely had no training would actually last longer because they would have the good sense to run away in the cage. <laughs> yeah. Could crawl out. Listen, Kimbo Slice didn't really have any formal UFC training and he had somewhat of a career in fighting. Yeah. Um, Bear Hudson, $5. Let's discuss Jerry Lawler saying he's not a fan of Bianca. She should cut her hair. Jerry Lawler, you're dead to me. He said that. Oh my goodness. How did this miss my purview? Um, Listen, if he's not a fan, I could see it. Jerry Lawler's an old school guy. He's from she Memphis. Cut her hair. Comes from different territory. I, cut I think her that, hair. Saying that he cut. I mean, I remember what Michael Vick said that uh, he said somebody said. I think he said Colin Kaepernick should cut his hair. And then boy, did he get a backlash for this. And I think this might be saying that Bianca Belair should cut her hair. I mean, do you not know the gimmick? Do you, it's not that that's all she has, but that oh. is her big thing that she has. She whips people with her hair, and it's amazing, and it's a great symbol that she uses. So her cutting her hair, it's like, you know, asking CM Punk to take off his tattoos. Jerry Lawler is who we should look to for advice for how women should get over yeah. in the year 2022. <laughs> Jerry Lawler is where I get all my advice about women. And yeah. uh, made me the gentleman I am today. Living my truth. <laughs> um, so it, it never gets old. I got four buttons. And you know what I learned today? Living, living my truth. Living, 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 living my truth. But they can overlap with each other. I love that remix. Can I get that again? Yes, again. Living, living my truth. Living, living, living my truth. But, 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 but. Tony Khan really rides that beat. He's got some bars. I like that. You actually made Tony Khan sound cool. Yeah. Hey, Tony Khan knew the. You know, I like this. I like that either that he either goes to Wikipedia or maybe he pays somebody to watch the movie that's on before Rampage. And he gives like the little like ending sonata. Like I, I think that is one of the best gimmicks of the internet wrestling community is Tony Khan giving saying like, well, now the accountant once again has wrapped up his business, given uh, Anna Kendrick a painting, and it's time for a rampage. You know, I <laughs> love that be, he just knows the end. That's got to be a great job. Whoever's job it is to be like, okay, we're in the last five minutes of the accountant, and uh, this is exactly what's going to happen. And then he He's just like shares it with Roy. the world. He hired the BoJack guys, you know, yeah. uh, taking over his Twitter feed. You know, clever but not too funny. <laughs> I like it. No, I think it's a good idea. I think it helps everybody. People who are tuning in for the accountant and people want to stick around for Rampage, the few that are left. Need for Speed started after Rampage? I saw that movie in theaters and I was watching the first five minutes. I'm like, I remember none of this. Yeah, me neither. I remember seeing that and because I have definitely seen that movie, but I don't remember any of what I was watching either. Yeah. That one really didn't catch the world. 
catch the they're not, imagination. They're not living their truth on Need for Speed. It's like true. That. Not like uh, the Step Up series, which I have now finished the core five. Step Up All In is like the Fast Five or the Avengers of the Step Up universe. Oh, they bring wow. people together from all the movies. And there's one big dance everybody's step up as i described step up series is for people that thinks the plots of the fast and the furious movies are too complicated and want something simpler then you watch the step up series <laughs> wow what a thrilling endorsement for that movie they were good if you like dancing did you like step up to the streets because i stopped after step up one i, I felt like oh, really seen enough. Oh, no 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 so you haven't seen the series step up no. one first off i thought it was a parody because channing tatum looks 30 years old and he can't really dance or he dances in an exaggerated way. So when I watched the first one, I was like, this is Channing Tatum, like making fun of high school movies, right? Um, but no, the second one, it all changes. The second one, it's it's no longer a regular movie. They become dance movies. The second one is about the same school, a ragtag group of misfits, like form a dance crew to compete in the streets, the competition called the streets yeah. uh, in, in B-more. And then it, like in, in all of them from there, it's just like competition, competition, Step Up 4, Step Up Revolution, it's like break into Electric Boogaloo. They're saving their neighborhood. I was neighborhood. just about to say, it kind of sounds like Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, um, no, they're good. In fact, I would, I highly recommend 2 through 5. Okay, well, all three, so it doesn't have that oh, much of a follow-up. Yeah. Well, there are 2, 3, 4, and 5, like, because they all build till 5. You have to okay. watch the other 3, and then 5, you're like, this is everyone from all the movies together, except Channing Tatum, who they couldn't get back. <laughs> well, that's a big fish to not have in the movie. Yes. Uh, so, what else we got in the news? Do you miss Jeff Hardy? Neither do I. Jeff Hardy might be on his way back to AEW. Uh, hopefully he's healthy. I really hope that he's taking care of himself. It sounds like he's finishing up rehab. And Matt Hardy's been cutting promos, hinting toward brother Nero coming back. I think he's gotten a lot of chances. And his health is first and foremost, which is one of the reasons I don't want to see him back in a wrestling ring. But it does look like that's where he's going is we could see Jeff Hardy. Possibly even at Grand Slam, who knows when, but his return sounds like it's imminent, Glenn. It's tough, man. You know, I think some, like, lifestyle can sometimes dictate choices, and sometimes certain lifestyles are not conducive to a sober environment. I hope this time it it works for him and his sobriety. I, I need to record like montages of people being like, this is going to be the time where Jeff Hardy cleans up his act and stays clean. Like, I don't want to sound like the cynical guy, but just being a realist, but just to your point, the wrestling environment, especially for somebody like Jeff Hardy, that might be his trigger is being around the boys, being around this environment, the stress that wrestling causes, the pain that wrestling causes. Maybe that's part of his way to numb the pain. Lord knows that. I mean, if you saw him walking around outside of all the drug use and stuff like that, if you just saw him wrestle his last thing, he was, really, really in pain those last few matches. And I mean, the drugs might be what he turns to to numb that. I mean, there's a million reasons why it could be. I just think that marriage, Jeff Hardy wrestling, I don't think is a healthy combination for him because it clearly, we've seen a pattern of this for over a decade now where it leads to substance abuse. And we talked about substance abuse, depression, uh, vices extensively on this podcast over the six plus years I've been doing this now. Wow. And let me tell you, I mean, part of it i i've had issues with food when i'm not exercising when i'm not keeping a rigid schedule i make bad food decisions you know uh, back when i used to drink certain situations and scenarios would lead me to overindulge in alcohol or other substances you know and i think that yeah it's tough i i, I want to say it's possible i want to believe it's possible that someone can change but i mean walk before you run dude 
Absolutely. And I, I don't think it's a healthy decision to just get out of rehab and jump into wrestling. I think apart from being out of rehab, he needs to internalize the things that he's learned and take some more time off and really, really ask himself, maybe this is something he did learn in rehab. Is wrestling the cause of this? Is wrestling good for me? Is it something I should be doing? From an outsider's perspective, looking in and looking at his criminal record, I don't think it is. I think that he needs to just retire. He's already got his legacy set. And to be honest, his legacy gets destroyed every time he comes back at teams. It's, his legacy becomes more about what's outside of the ring every time he comes back instead of this legendary performer who's one of the greatest baby faces I've ever seen in my lifetime. And as part of what some people consider the greatest tag team of all time. Yeah. It's tough, man. But uh, I wish him the best. But yeah. What, I guess the question is, like, what what is he going to do different this time that's going to, you know, help present yeah. him with a better environment? That's uh, the million-dollar question. I hope he has an answer to that. And if there isn't an answer, he shouldn't be wrestling. What else What else we got? Well, there was this uh, – before we get into the story that's going to lead us into SmackDown, there was a story going around with Sami Zayn. He posted this cryptic tweet, or I think it was an IG story post, where it said, thank you to everyone who has helped me get to this point. It's been a hell of a ride. Where we go next, we go in faith. So this was right after he lost to John Moxley this past week on Dynamite, and people Wait, are. Wait, not Sammy Zane. Sam, I'm Zane. sorry, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara of AEW. <laughs> like... Great catch. The worst Sammy, the 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 inferior Sammy to Sammy Zane. Sammy Guevara, who's very talented, and has got people talking that possibly he could leave. All wrestlers are carnies. They're attention-seeking carnies that like doing stuff like this to get people to talk about them. It could be a case of that. Uh, it could be. Sammy Zayn, uh, Sammy Guevara leaving because a lot of people are now forcing themselves out of their AEW contract. We've seen quite a few people on both companies uh, jump ship, even though they're under contract. So it might be much ado about nothing because he is having a match against Eddie Kingston that's going to air on mm, Rampage at Grand Slam. Is this going to be his last match? Is he really leaving or is he just being a carny, Glenn? I don't think he's leaving. I think not with the Kingston feud, not with everything he's got going on. Clearly TK likes him. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I think he's in a good spot in AEW. I mean, I know there might be some scuttlebutt about his backstage antics and some heat on him for this issue. With yeah, AEW, I think but... in the current environment, his backstage antics ain't looking that bad, right? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You see, we were talking about Sami Zayn, and then a couple days later, it's like, oh, Sami Zayn's an angel. I've seen Rivera's an angel compared to Sam Park. I keep calling, I have Sami Zayn on the brain because he was actually good on this show tonight again. But, actually, because uh, Sami Zayn is always good, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I would rather it be Sammy Zane in a backstage antics. I think those would be really funny. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, like, yeah, uh, Sammy Guevara's not kicking down doors or throwing chairs at people. Yes, he's not in the center. He's not burying the entire company at a press conference or anything like that. But uh, Guevara, I think, is somebody who should stay put in the AEW for the time being. I think the paths are starting to kind of clear for Sammy Guevara. He's somebody who could benefit from all these suspensions of top stars where they need to make people. And I really don't think that Triple H and the WWE, I mean, they'd be – happy to have him because of how much it would hurt AEW, but I wouldn't guarantee that Guevara would be able to just slide into a role uh, WWE as a top guy. He would be able to be helped by Cody Rhodes, who's a mentor to Sammy Guevara, so that could help him politically, but in terms of where he is now and if he could soar up WWE, if I was Sammy Guevara, I'd stay with AEW. Yeah. Agree. Team uh, Marco Chile, Buck 99, if Reigns versus Rock happens, who do you think wins? I think Reigns would win. I think he should win. That match can't come soon enough because this has been an albatross where it's now as a viewer, I'm 
expected to sit here for seven months and hold my can waiting for Roman Reigns to drop that because there's this belief that he can't drop it to anybody. It has to be perfect. He's going to be champion for long. So it's like, wake me up at WrestleMania. Like, I don't care what Roman Reigns does in terms of defending. I know he's going to defend against Logan Paul. Who in the hell thinks Logan Paul's beating him for that strap? So they're yeah. going to have to really get creative. I know they're putting up Braun Strowman. They're really building him up eventually for Roman Reigns, but it's a tough sell for the seven months where we know Roman Reigns isn't losing this title. Not good for these title matches. Braun Reigns had a really good feud before at a time when I think Roman was nowhere near as over as he is now. And that feud was really well received. It was excellent. It was one of Roman Reigns' best opponents when of the best era, I guess we'll call it. The Roman Reigns' best era. This is one of his best opponents. They had really over-the-top monster feuds that I really did love where they were trying to kill each other with cars and stuff. Yeah. Much like the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, absolutely. Cars as weapons. Uh, anything else in the news? Final story looks like we're getting more comebacks from Triple H, but not the ones we think are going to happen. So expect uh, maybe EC3 and Velveteen Dream to come back. What do you think? Well, first off, don't call it a comeback. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't see that happen. <laughs> Me neither. That's your news. Well, and tomorrow in Las Vegas, a press conference because Logan Paul is going to face Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Does he have a chance? Is Logan Paul your next undisputed champion? Okay, so let's talk about SmackDown because we opened with Logan Paul tonight. He got in some drama with Roman on his podcast. <laughs> this is the world we're living in. Think about five years ago. If I was like, so Roman Reigns is going to go on Logan Paul's podcast, right? And Logan Paul's going to talk shit about <laughs> Roman. And he's going to have to go on SmackDown to address that. And then they're going to do a show in Saudi Arabia where the main event is Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns for both WWE titles. Yeah, WWE just trying to keep up. These podcast dramas, they're starting to draw money. They're starting to draw people. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Bobby Lee and Kalila of the Tiger Belly podcast, but they recently broke up. It's really setting shockwaves to the LA podcasting community. And Bobby Lee going on people's shows really is starting to gain his following and put that show over as a big deal. And then Brendan Schaub, there's, he's just at the center of all this controversy. So I think WWE is taking note of how much buzz these podcasts are creating for the people who are on them. And now they want some of that. Wow. I'll have to listen to the next Bad Friends to see if uh, Bobby Lee spilling the tea. Yeah. Um. So Logan Paul is out there cutting a promo. Here was my entire issue with this. I love Sami Zayn coming out with a bloodline, obviously. Paul Heyman with Logan Paul, very good promos. Logan, look, here's the thing. I didn't think Logan's promo was great tonight. Logan's match at SummerSlam was one of the top three matches on that show. Yes. It was really good. It was re like, Logan Paul, it's actually insulting to everyone who came up through the performance center. Like it's an insult how Logan Paul just has picked up this business. So naturally. Yeah, and so effortlessly. And fearing in every aspect from the technical standpoint of wrestling, he looks like a wrestler from the trash talking, the charisma, the little things you have to do. It's funny because these people always forget how much they love Logan Paul because he shows up. He's just such a natural heel, which I mean that as a compliment. He's just exudes this, Debaggery that people want to hate him. And that's something that you cannot teach. Yet WWE insists on having him be a babyface. So when he's doing the babyface act and it doesn't come off as authentic to these people, they boo him. But the second he gets in that ring and wrestles, that's when he wins them over, which is so backwards to how celebrities usually are. It's usually the celebrity knows how to get people to cheer for them as a babyface if they will be accepted by the fans. And then when he get, get, get in the ring, it's a little less flattering. Think about, okay, let's talk about an old timer to, to NXT. Think about how many hours Riddick Moss has put into the performance center and training and prepping 
in the ring and he's good. Logan Paul's in the main event of crown jewel against Roman reigns and SummerSlam had one of the top three matches. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's going to be a sticking point. That's one of those issues where the rock, when he first came back, at least in 2012 to fight John Cena, a lot of people were grumbling in the locker room that the rocks coming in and taking their spot. What they need to realize is, I mean, the rock and the Logan Pauls of the world, we can't just look at them as just, any wrestler taking their spot. These are megastars. These are people who got themselves over in their worlds and created these podcasts or empires or became movie stars to where them being on the show is going to move the needle and get people to watch. Now, with Logan Paul, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in terms of getting more viewers, but getting more headlines, yeah. getting more mainstream press, people are going to be talking about this. And WWE loves stuff like that. I mean, he's got, you know, millions of views on YouTube. His podcast is listened to by at least a half a million folks. One of the biggest there, in the world. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, here was the problem tonight. Super confident in the ring. Very good performer. Came out and cut a good promo, but he made one key mistake when he was talking to Paul Heyman. And he said, what if? What if I get that one lucky shot on Roman Reigns and I win? And it's like, motherfucker, you can wrestle. Why is your angle on this that you're like doing some make-a-wish and you're out there, if I get that opportunity and I get that one lucky shot, by golly, I think I can win. Like, he's not an underdog babyface. He should have been out there saying, you know what? Everything I do, I excel at. So why not me for world champion? Started a podcast, started a YouTube channel. I'm one of the biggest stars in the world. Got in the wrestling ring and had one of the best matches at SummerSlam. List his accomplishments because people think he is, people, the perception is he's a lucky bastard. He's kind of an arrogant prick who somehow rode this wave to fame, why not ride that and be like, you know what? I'm going to be WWE champ. I could, I could do anything. I could beat Roman Reigns. That is a better way to go into this rather than treating it like uh, he won the golden ticket and he's going to get a shot at the title. I completely agree. And I think the promo you cut is better than the promo that he cut in terms of being an underdog. And the problem with this underdog baby face story is People already believe that he's not going to win. I guarantee you he's not winning that match. He's not going to beat Roman Reigns. Nobody buys it. Nobody thinks it's going to yeah, happen. So, so like lean into that. Yeah. People are going to watch him trying to do these spots where it's like he's the underdog. They're like, no, you're not going to win. They're not going to really get behind it as much. Thank God it's in Saudi Arabia where the crowd is more friendly and they're not necessarily going to be as invested in the storyline. So uh, WWE can get away with that to some degree. But I, I don't think it's a good idea at all for them to paint Logan Paul as this underdog. I think it would be better for him to say, I should be WWE champion because I'm the champion of the media. I've won everything. And now it's time for me. Like, this is, I'm the champion that WWE won. If he said even something to the effect of, think of all the headlines when I become champion, yeah. that yeah. would pique my interest. I'd be like, yeah. oh, maybe WWE is no, going for a headline He should thing. be in there and be saying, you know what? It's a new era in WWE. We need a new champion. Ratings have been good. Think how much better this would be, you know, uh, Smackdown's watched by millions of people every week. I do tens of millions of people to watch me on YouTube. Like, why isn't he, he could come in there with like the, you know what the one danger of this is, is he will out Miz the Miz. Yeah. Like if he does this, like everyone else that tries this gimmick will be irrelevant because Logan's got the actual bona fides to back this up. The Miz pulls the A-list, must see superstar, whatever dude you've been in some direct to DVD movies. Uh, you were on the real world and you've got a reality show that, you know, has the viewership less than some wrestling podcasts. And I love the Miz, but, but the, Logan Paul legitimately has the life. He legitimately has that hate me energy, you know, hate him. Cause you ain't him. Um, and they could sell this so well 
and it will be so much more compelling. But, and then people, the problem is they're not willing to book Roman as a babyface, but people would want to see Roman kick the shit out of this guy. Yeah, and here's the thing. Jake Paul and Logan Paul have created the template. They already show you how they can draw money where they're able to get a million buys on pay-per-view by being heel assholes and all the stuff that they would have to brag about that would make them a heel. The reason that he's not bringing up all the impulsive stuff and all his accolades is it wouldn't be a heel thing, but that's the character. That's the guy. That's what makes him tick is you want to hear Logan Paul talk about all the millions of views he has because it'll make people want to see him get his ass kicked, but they're not going that way. They're bringing in a different Logan Paul. This is not the Logan Paul who's drawing all that money boxing. It's like when they try to bring in Floyd Mayweather, make him a baby face, but immediately they realize a mistake and they turned him heel and it became a great storyline with the big show. Yeah, this should just be like asshole versus asshole in this, you know? But I think he, I think you could actually turn Roman face this way. I get why they don't want to do that right now, but you could really have him be out there defending the business, um, you know, and, and even say that Logan, you know, begrudgingly got his respect by putting up a good fight before ultimately losing. But I don't know, man. Like, that was the problem. Once Paul Heyman came out there and once Logan started talking about challenging, I was like, oh, this is falling apart. Like, this is not a good angle. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of oil and water to see Logan Paul interact with heels and we're supposed to, especially when the crowd just really isn't with Logan Paul as a baby face. I mean, when he punched Sami Zayn, they booed him. Yeah. And Sami Zayn, sure. Zayn getting into it with him, like, that was good. Um, Ricochet coming out and having the match with Sami Zayn and Logan being out there with Ricochet, like, that's good. But yeah, they, this press conference better be fire tomorrow. I want... I want Roman Reigns to bury the entire company and I want him to talk about how Scott Colton has a bank account with his mother. And you know, we should get that. We should get a WWE version of what yeah. happened. This press conference is in Vegas. If somebody gets a hold of Logan Paul, you know, I'm 20 minutes from the strip. We can get together tomorrow morning. I'll work with you on your promo. You know, we'll have coffee outside. I'm, I'm boosted with my Omicron booster, but still we're going to have coffee outside. I might wear a mask. We'll sit six feet apart because you know, protection and I'll work with you on your promo, bud. You know, give you some tips. I'd love it. Do we get any references? Do we get any slick? Because obviously it's not going to be like a reenactment of what happened at All Out. But, you know, WWE, they had a reference last week to what happened with CM Punk. So since this is a press conference, given what happened with CM Punk, do we get any type of reference to that? Maybe. Maybe we do. Oh, maybe Roman tomorrow is like, what was him last night on SmackDown that they're talking out his ass, you know? Yeah. You know, and just, uh, yeah. Like full on. That's the key. Uh, but no, I think um, it's an interesting angle. I don't hate it, but tonight didn't tonight made me think, oh, this is actually going to be a really mediocre build to what could actually be an awesome feud if they did it the right way. Yeah, 100 percent. It could be an awesome feud. And they're just using the wrong Logan Paul. This is not the Logan Paul that they're all excited and being all it's the guy definitely the body it's the face it's the person but in terms of the spirit of logan paul this needs to be a heel the guy who's brought in with the miz to be a heel that was great i think him and miz could have been awesome together as a heel tag team for a long time before they broke up but this version isn't going to cut it what's important with roman reigns and they need to be mindful of this because i do think that this could contribute to the product cooling off is that nobody's going to believe that roman reigns is going to lose that title you know they're just they created this world where it has to be under these perfect circumstances so the challenge is going to be creating viable contenders. And I'm not saying that Logan Paul just isn't a viable contender, period, but because he's a celebrity, because he's in this babyface role, there's a million reasons where people aren't going to believe in this, that he's going to beat him. And that's going to be a problem in this Roman Reigns title run if you can't create viable challengers. So because okay, so Logan's won everything he's done in WWE so far in a pay-per-view. He 
No, didn't he lose his last match? No, no, I think he did win. Yeah, I think he's undefeated. So he's going to have to break kayfabe after he loses to Roman in this. There's no way he's going to go on his podcast and be like, Roman, you're the big dog, man. Like, uh, you you won that fight fair and square. He's not going to go and put Roman over. He's going to go and say, I had a really great time. It was good work with the Roman. He's going to be very quick to distance himself sure. from that loss. Yeah, and he'll, he'll probably put it over. I think he's he definitely going to, there's going to be an element of kayfabe about how tough Roman Reigns is. And, oh, my ribs still hurt from that spear, brother. Uh, CGM show, $5. I believe Logan Paul had written in his contract that he had to be babyface. WWE is to write around that, but he was the babyface tonight. Yeah, I did hear that. I cannot confirm that, but I did have heard that Logan Paul's written that in his contract. And I just, somebody needs to smarten him up because I don't know. What makes him think that he should? Like, dude, you're a weak baby game. face. You're a weak baby face, and I don't mean that as an insult. It's just this is not this is not your journey, you know. Now, maybe if he was in there and he's like, "I'm doing it for you know a sick kid or something," like give give me a sympathetic backstory. He's doing it to prove something to himself. He was picked on as a kid, and he's got to like over. You know what I mean? Like there was no baby face angle tonight, except for that. Well, what if that one in a million shot? Like, no. That, like, if you're saying, what if you ain't winning this match? What yeah, if already says, like, it ain't happening? There's nothing that worse like. than a forced babyface. I mean, those are always the biggest heels, are people who force being a babyface, especially in WWE. So Logan Paul does the studying up on Roman Reigns. He'll see how bad it got for Roman Reigns at some points when they were forcing the issue. Yeah. Um, I think he should have just gotten that heat tonight. And... Uh... I don't know. I mean, I, I could literally talk about this the whole show. You could say there's Jerry, only one family in pro wrestling. It's not the NOI family. It's the yeah. Paul family. We're the first family of pro wrestling. Me and my brother, Jake. Maximum male models showed off their back-to-school collection before being uh, killed tonight. Braun Strowman, Alpha Academy's music hit. Uh, Gable also attacked, or uh, Otis attacked. Uh, Strowman says it's on Gable. This is an interesting way they're booking Braun Strowman, but I guess this is placeholder till he's ready for to lose to Roman. Yeah, Otis got his shit in, man. He they destroyed Braun Strowman and he didn't no sell it and get up. But it does look like, to your point, they're going to build toward Braun Strowman and Otis before ultimately going to Roman Reigns. And I'm fine with it. I think it made Otis look good instead of just being the Keystone Cops. And it'll be interesting to see because when he powerbombed Otis a couple weeks ago, or I think it was this past Monday on Raw, people went crazy for it. And so that's. There's a lot of strongman spots to be had between Otis and Braun Strowman, with even Otis picking up Braun and throwing him around, which I think is impressive. No, absolutely. Um, once again, Max Dupree making an L.A. Knight reference tonight. He did. People are thinking that L.A. Knight's coming back. They're going to need to educate us on L.A. Knight. Yeah, like like think... who in the F is going to go, oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God, L.A. Knight's coming back. Are you excited? They finally answered my letters. All those WWE fan council surveys were worth it because LA Knight's coming back, baby. The bring back LA Knight movement is upon us. Hashtag bring back LA Knight. Yeah, we don't know who he is. Who asked for this? You know? I think LA Knight asked for it. I think think, uh, Eli Drake or whoever the guy is underneath that gimmick saw where this gimmick is going, which again, they had a great debut. I was all about it, but I just think it just got away from them immediately almost. And so maybe he's trying to find a way out of this. If I were him, I'll be angling to be LA Knight. Uh, it's just that it, I don't know if the crowd's going to care because the crowd's really not didn't gonna... even get over that much in NXT as LA Knight. No, he didn't. Nobody remembers it. The people that do remember it are a very small minority. And I'm sorry, 
but Max Dupree and Maximum Male Models has way more potential and runway than LA Knight, who's going to, like, he, if the 24-7 championship was still a thing, he'd be in that picture as LA Knight. Yeah, you don't think the Maximum Male Models will be chasing the 24-7 championship? Maximum Male Models are going to get more segments, more sponsor deals. They're going to get better TV time and more opportunities. That is true. That's the one saving grace for this. As much as he may not like this gimmick, they're on TV every week. Mm-hmm. It, not only Vince, it, now Triple H seems to have taken a liking to this to where we're seeing them do something with Maximum Male Models. They've got their back-to-school collection. Every season they can have a collection. This is something that can go on for a very long time. And that's the thing. You have to remember, ultimately, you are an actor, and the role you play, the, the, the better the role you're playing, the more possibilities of the role you're playing, the more screen time you get, and the better that is for your career as an actor. Are we going to get a Kwanzaa and Hanukkah collection from Maximum Ooh. Male Models? I, I One can only that. hope. I think that'd be great. Get some dreidel going this Hanukkah season. Yeah. What's up with the Gato Del Fantasma? Have they hit Raw yet? That's a great question. I was actually wondering that the other day. I haven't heard or seen them. Maybe they're just kind of waiting for the right moment, but they did tease that they were going to the main roster. It just hasn't happened yet. Maybe those are some of the returns we were talking about in the news earlier. Yeah. What'd you think about uh, damage control tonight in this promo? Very short. I thought it was an okay promo. Bailey's cackling is starting to wear on me, but it was fine. It was okay. And, uh, Pleasantly surprised to see Bailey. I wouldn't say it was a clean one, but she did pin Raquel Rodriguez in the middle yeah, of the ring. And good match, do that not long anybody. enough. Not, not a long match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not as good as it definitely can be. Because if you think in terms of their NXT legacies, Bailey versus Raquel Rodriguez, that you could call that an NXT dream match. If that was no, I know. NXT, it could main event a takeover. Uh, so this was just kind of the preview version of that. And I like that. I guess it's because they lost those tag team titles, but whatever. They don't have Raquel Rodriguez out there smiling like an idiot anymore. She's actually a fierce giant. I think that fits her way better. And uh, they were beating up Raquel after Shotzi came out and made the save. Yeah, no tank, though. There were rumblings. I know the rumors. They had sent a tank to Anaheim, and I did not see a tank, and I was very upset. I hope Shotzi Blackheart never gets released, but if she does, I will use the headline, Shots Fired. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's so sad. I like it. I like the pun. I don't think she would like it as much, but it's worth it. If she ever gets released, you have no choice but to use that headline. Well, you, you have to. And I don't want her to. Uh, my, the best man at my wedding, one of my best friends, did a horror movie podcast with her for years. That's how Shotzi first came on my radar. I'm a huge fan of hers. Have been since she was doing Hood Slam. But yes, if she's ever released, that will be the headline. What about shots released from her contract? Does it roll off the Sounds good. Not as much of a good. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so Ronda Rousey sat down with Caleb Braxton. Oh my God. How, how are they making this feud? So this didn't help live that like live like I, okay. You want to talk about day one back when she was John Adadio wrestling under her shoot name in Lakeland, Florida. Did I see her? And I was like, this woman is a goddamn superstar. It's going to be huge one day. Why would they let her do this low energy promo where it just seemed like her and Rhonda both like just rolled out of bed and didn't have coffee. And like, there was no heat here. There was no aggression here. There was nothing that, I mean, it's going to be an extreme rules match. which is going to be good, but this was, this supposed to be like understated anger. Was this supposed to be like silent rage that that tough enough winner spoke about? Like what was going on with this promo? Very long and droning. You could have told me that Ronda Rousey was holding up cue cards for Liv Morgan to be reading off camera. And I would have believed it because that's how it came across is that Liv Morgan was just reading her scripted lines. And yeah, this very bizarre backstage interaction that I did not like at all. I like Ronda's bringing Liv down. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I wouldn't blame that 100% on Ronda. I would blame it on how they booked this. Yeah. Liv Morgan has the distinction of being the only person to beat Ronda Rousey twice, which is what they're going with. And that's a great thing to say, but one of those wins was complete cap and the fans don't agree with it. And it almost turned Liv Morgan heel. It did dissipate to where now they kind of cheer her, but where Ronda is going and how they're pushing Ronda is really going to hurt Liv Morgan. Not only is she going to lose that title to Ronda Rousey, so her and Shayna could do their storyline, but she's also going to kind of go down the card. Mm -hmm. She's going to be the woman who, Fluke beat Ronda Rousey and then lost to her when it was fair and square, which that is death for a babyface. So now she's going to have to be heel, which I don't think is the right. Just like I think Logan Paul is a natural heel, Liv Morgan is a natural babyface. Amazing baby. The people's champion. She's somebody who this title run should have been for the people. And they've really undone that ever since she came across Ronda Rousey. Yeah, can't believe this. Was really uh, underwhelmed by this segment. Uh, Drew McIntyre responded to Karrion Cross's video. I mean, we'll see. I'm sure this is going to be fine. Yeah, I really like this promo. I mean, I did like Drew McIntyre jumping on the table and just cutting a short but sweet promo. This is the antithesis of what we saw. We did see fire from Drew McIntyre, but it was done in a small package, and we'll see what happens with him and Karrion Cross. Is that match going to be in black and white? Do you think they're going to do the whole match in black and white? Maybe, but talk to me more about uh, Drew McIntyre's uh, small package. Oh, pause. But uh, I no, I'm just there's the rumors. I don't know if they're rumors or not, but uh, <laughs> it was a small package promo. Oh, we're not talking about any other type of small package. And if you have a small package, hey, it's about the motion in the ocean. Sometimes I just order oversized items from Amazon so my wife can announce you have a large package. <laughs> it, it, it would be nice to hear that. From I don't think it's worth having to buy Amazon items, but. Maybe you can hire a guy or just have one of your friends bring a large package so that you can save some money and still get the compliment. <sighs> I want to hire somebody. Dana Gould once had a great comedy bit in the mid nineties saying we all need like a, a, a portly man in a tuxedo who lives in our closet. And when you just uh, state your intention to do something comes out and just yells mistake. <laughs> uh, because tonight I said Panda Express has vegan orange chicken. Let's order that.
I really could have used that poorly man to come out and just warn me what was about what I was about to order and subject myself to. Did, how did this affect your bowel movements? <sighs> well, we haven't gotten there yet, but it was just like this rock hard, uh, deep fried vegan chicken nuggets in orange sauce. Talking about rock hard and small packages. What is this? Yes. Hey now. So, uh, Sheet Black, four ninety nine. Since you only got any Monday night some Applebee's money, there you go. Hey, hey, you never run out of Applebee's money. There's never. We always just like there's always money in the banana spin. There is always money in the Applebee's. Yes. Uh, Steve Marcucci, Buck ninety nine. Do you see more money in Cross as a heel or a face? I mean, okay, he's got to shave his head again. He was so much more badass. It's like the Walter White effect. Brian Cranston with a head of hair just looks like a, the, the friendly dad from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. You shave his head, he looks like a stone-cold killer. I agree. He looked more like a killer, like the killer cross with a shaved head. And with the hair, he just looks more like a model. And I think it's because after he got released, he grew his hair out and he was posing in all these like bodybuilding male model pictures that were not threatening at all. And I cannot divorce that thought from my head when I see him with long hair. So... Him as a bald head with no helmet and no suspenders would be the carry on cross who could succeed. I think he has more money as a heel. I think potentially if they get behind him, he could definitely do some damage to the heel who eventually becomes like a Roman Reigns type where he's an anti-hero. But I just think that it's going to take a lot of production. It's going to take a lot of everybody getting behind carrying cross for him to really get over the way I think they want him to. Culture talks. Carrying cross looks like the Fonz with the gym membership. <laughs> just be having me a shout out to henry winkler but i now i gotta go back and look i guess i guess i can see it that would be like a solid nxt gimmick or aew it's like okay. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> why not uh solo sokoa versus matt cat moss for the nxt north american championship what do you think about solo rocking the nxt north american championship having won it from carmelo hayes I love it. I think it's a good idea. I don't like that they beat Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. I was very surprised. But if they're going to bring it up and he's going to defend it on TV, it's a good way to get NXT's name out there. This is something that only Triple H would do because I don't think Vince McMahon even knew there was an NXT North American Championship. But now you're hearing NXT mentioned, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in a month, NXT goes head-to-head with Dynamite. And now in their number one show, you've got the NXT North American title. You've got all these NXT references. And I think Triple H is going to go for that win. 10-18 NXT head-to-head with AEW Dynamite. Uh, but I like Wait, it. I like when that. Going head to head? When are they going o- head to head? October 18th. Dynamite's being preempted to Tuesday. And so ah. we're going to go right head to head with NXT. And uh, I-, I like that now the bloodline has all the gold. And Sami Zayn, poor Sami, is just still sitting out there with no gold. They got to do something about that. And I also like, and this is what I kind of alluded to last week, that it looks like Solo Sokoa has taken a real liking to Sami Zayn. And they're going to be besties now. And I'm all for it. We're saying uh, Tuesday that Sami needs to get a title quick, maybe even just a replica championship. Or uh, rent a belt from Ted DiBiase, who probably <laughs> needs money for legal bills right now. Uh, or, uh, you know, uh, win that 24-7 title, bring back the hardcore championship, something. He's got to get a title. They should make that the gimmick or he gets kicked out of the bloodline. I love it. And they're not doing anything with the 24-7 championship. Why not just have him pin Dana Brooke and then he just carries around on TV as a token? Yeah, something. Um, Good match. Matt Catmoss has always been able to wrestle. It's just this gimmick has just gone nowhere. What gimmick? Um, There's no gimmick. He's a young boy. He just wears black trunks, black boots. He has generic theme music. They don't tell us really anything about him other than his athletic accolades. And he is a guy who I think could be a real star. They're just 
you know, he's been there for years now, almost 10 years. I, I think he's been there. He's been there for like seven or eight years. And they're finally, they were doing something with him when he was Riddick Moss and even that madcap comedy Moss, which I'm not wishing that they bring back. No, that was but terrible. This was, guy is awful. just a generic guy. There's nothing to him. There's no gimmick. Anything. What's your gimmick? I have no gimmick. That's my gimmick. <laughs> he's a man without a gimmick. Yes. <laughs> madcap. Um, Sammy Zane chased him around the ring. I enjoyed that. Tulsico got the win. Uh, back from the break. Okay, here we go. Four-way match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Tag Team titles. Who we got in this? We got Hit Row. We got New Day, the Brawl and Brutes, and Imperium. And we got like a good 20-minute match here where Top Dollar looked fantastic. We saw an Alabama slam. We saw feats of strength. This was a fun match for our main event. What did you think of the match? And what did you think of the brawling brutes that are now going to go on to face the Usos? I like it. I think this is a very good match. I think the crowd let them down. I thought that they were doing some excellent stuff that deserved standing ovations. And this is awesome chance. And they did get it toward the end. But this crowd, I thought, did not live up to how great this match was in terms of a lot of the crowd-pleasing spots they were doing. Top Dolls walking around with three guys, you know, two guys on his arms and then one guy. Just three guys walking around, which is so impressive. And, um, you know, that Alabama slam on Top Dollar is really cool from Rich Holland. If they keep doing this thing with Top Dollar where they're teasing him diving over the top. And if you've seen, he can actually legit do that. So one of these days, maybe at a premium lime event, he's going to dive over the top and it's going to be incredible. But this guy yeah. didn't deserve that. This was a really good main event. This was a really good match. Really enjoyed it. Um, and, yeah, I think uh, – we will see what happens from here, but I don't think the Brawling Brutes are winning over the Usos. Yeah, but I like that they're doing something with the Brawling Brutes because I think they're right in the momentum of this Sheamus versus Gunther match, and I really want to see them run it back. And so with Butch looking more like Pete Dunne and now they're winning matches more, it looks like they're doing something with them. Yeah. Uh, good main event, though. Recommend watching this match. Definitely, there was some stuff you could have skipped tonight in NXT or in uh, SmackDown, but I would not skip this. Yeah, this is a good main event. I liked it a lot. Um, like all the teams involved, but yeah, I don't know. Because I'm not precious about who won, though, because whoever won this isn't winning the championships. Right. I think this might be in the same predicament Roman Reigns is, to where you don't see them dropping it anytime soon any, either. And tonight, once again, we saw... But. but he's looking more and more like Pete Dunne. He absolutely is. He's got the Pete Dunn gear, but the spirit of Butch, which, listen, I, I'm all for Butch. I, I'm already married to it. He doesn't need to go back to Pete Dunn. Let's let's just keep Butch. What okay, would this so podcast when, be without Butch? So when the Brawl and Brutes lose, and they have their breakup faction, I said this before, but, you know, they'll get, maybe uh, Butch will get in a fight with Sheamus, and then he'll walk off, and Caleb Braxton will stop him and say, what's going on with the Brawl and Brutes? And he goes, I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. Butch is done. Yeah, and he should look directly into the camera when he says that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's how it's going to end. If that's how it, if it doesn't end that way, I'm stopping watching all WWE products. That could get a they, okay. If they did that on like a European show, seriously, if they did that in Raw and the O2 Arena or something like that, that would get a huge pop. I'll also accept it in tweet form, but that won't be as good. No, no, no. You see, it'll go viral as a tweet, but you want the pop. You want the reaction. I want him to look at the camera and I want him to wink after he yeah. says it. Yeah. That's the key. And then I want him to go into like a bathroom and just get the bathroom mat and cut it up and toss it over his shoulders. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, kind of like the lion's cloth that he used to have. Yeah, that looked like a kind of bathroom mat that was tossed over his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> but who was the heel on Spider-Man who did that? Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. Yeah, that's what. He, that's those are the vibes that he gave me when he did that. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the Rampage tonight, airing after the Meg. Have you seen the Meg? I have not, but I heard good things about it. It's very over the top. Um. Uh, Here's the thing about shark movies. Jaws is the best. Of course. But you almost can't pick the next best shark movie to Jaws. Because there's just a... I mean, after the Jaws series. Jaws 2 is pretty solid. Jaws 3, mm, Jaws of Revenge. Let's not talk about that. But then there's like a wide, wide chasm. As deep as the ocean. So the next shark movie. Moby Dick from 1956. That's a whale movie out. Oh, yes, it is. Moby Dick is a whale. You're right. Yes. Uh, But shallows with blake lively she's trapped on a dinghy shark circling that was pretty good okay. deep blue sea really over the top crazy sharknado yes um you ever see uh shark night 3d where it's sharks <laughs> in a lake no i have not you need to watch shark night 3d or just go on youtube after the credits okay after the credits of shark night 3d the credits have ruled the movie is over the cast then does a music video of a rap song called shark night and like there are like they're making and what's great about it like i'll just spoil it like they start like making fun of like ll cool j and deep blue sea like they reference events that happen in the movie like the dude that got his arm bit off is like rapping with his arm hidden like his arms bit off like it is phenomenal like shark night shark night is just okay the gimmick is that sharks are in a lake uh but the after credits music video took that movie from like a c to a solid b plus I'm going to watch that. If I like it, I'll watch the movie. Yes. Um, but he starts doing like a parody of I Need Love in the middle of it. Like, it's <laughs> it's so good. So good. But I need to watch The Reef. I've read online that The Reef, an Australian shark film, is the most intense, like, the 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 probably the best of the, like, serious shark movies. Okay. Yeah, so I need to check that out. Um, so, Rampage. Rampage, Rampage after the Meg, which was just kind of over the top and silly. Um, but tonight we start with Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen. What is up with Darby Allen? Because if you would have told me like two years ago, I would have been like, whoa, this, this sounds like a dream match. This could be great. I feel like Darby, do you think being with Sting has actually hurt Darby more than it's helped him? I don't think it has. I think it has definitely helped him, especially as he levels up into the main event territory. I think this is a product of AEW not knowing what to do with him and being in kind of a holding pattern. And they're doing this tournament and he was out early in the tournament. And I just think they look at Darby as the guy who they know he's a star. They know they can go to him and they need a big TV main event. They're just not ready to put the world title on him. And because there's such limited TV time, if you're in that predicament, you kind of fall by the wayside in AEW and you do so violently. This is happening to Miro right now, who I thought when he was God's favorite champion, I was like, well, this guy should be world champion after this. But because they didn't really have that in their plans, he fell by the wayside. So that's one of the pitfalls of AEW. You do see because of the limited TV time and because they could only put so many people in the main event, you see a lot of very talented, super over acts who fall by the wayside. And that's what's happening to Darby right now. You know what it is? Tony Khan is like a crazy cat lady. You cannot have 11 cats and love them all equally. You can try, but some are always going to be neglected. Yeah. And I've got right. five cats, and let me tell you, 
it's an ongoing struggle to love them all equally and give them all equal attention. Who do you love the most? Let's see, let's get a top five. Who I don't I, well, top five. I mean, that's the thing. And they're all tied for number one. Really? You, there's okay, no pack that you three. like more. I've got three that are my favorite. And then one, and, but the two that I'm not as close to are kind of like, one is just completely indifferent to me. And the other one is just a little out of his mind and like adores my wife. And every time I try and pet him, he starts biting me. <laughs> Because he thinks we're playing. Every time he sees my hands near him, he thinks we're playing a game, which is uh, you can't catch my hand before I move it away. So I love all five, but yeah, one is indifferent to me. Strangely, the one that I like picked to adopt. So I thought he wanted to come home with us because he meowed at me and rubbed up against my leg. It just turned out like he's a fat cat. He saw me and was like, this guy's not going to judge me. Feed me. Uh, and that's all he cares about with me is food. But he's indifferent to me. But I got three that that are my my two my two guys and my girl. And like we're we're very close. Maybe that's Darby's problem. Maybe he keeps trying to bite Tony Khan's hand. He keeps trying to bite Tony Khan's hand and just like weirdly sent Marks his phone all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that's might be his problem. I think he needs to keep his hands to himself. You know, keep his mouth shut and stop trying to bite your boss. Tony Khan has 50 cats. You can't tell me that he loves them all equally. Yeah, and he acts like he has Toxoplasma Gandhi, so I can see it, especially <laughs> when he's on Twitter. I had the cat scratch fever for two weeks hopefully i didn't do anything crazy that i'm not aware of yeah right. five cats that's up there that that could start to affect the air it's a lot well thankfully we have you know what we did in uh, one of in, in one of the rooms in the house we just took off the closet door and like that's the litter box room okay. it's very we put extra ventilation in there like that is the room so no i don't not aware of any of that when i'm in the rest of the house it's nice yeah you seem normal you don't seem like you have any of that schizophrenia or anything That's, like that it's still it's still healing the cat scratch you could kind of see the fever i know people are gonna think i have track marks alfred i can't get a job <laughs> wearing short sleeves the rest of my life because of the cat scratches it's like requiem for a dream oh man thinking about this today holly robinson pete was tweeting about 21 jump street my beloved 21 jump street show that holly robinson pete was on and she was in an episode where she popped a drug test and it might have been because she had a poppy seed bagel this is like 1987. <laughs> so my whole life, every time I eat a pop a seed bagel, I'm like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to pop a drug test. Yeah, I've, I've never been drug tested, but I still have this fear. That could happen. If they're opiates, better watch out. Yeah. Uh, but Matt Harvey, Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, just mute, merge them together. Matt Darby. We just need one. Yeah. Um, this was a good match. It was a little short, but here's the thing. I feel like Darby was that one of the guys. Darby and MJF were like in the same class. And look how their fates have turned out. Because I would have told you three years ago, those are the two future biggest stars in AEW. Yeah, and they still are. I think it's still a safe bet to make. And I do think that... Yeah, would you rather have be where MJF is or where Darby is? Oh, yeah. If we're doing an either or, MJF is definitely the hot guy right now. But you got to also remember, he just came back from just being completely gone and disappearing. And there are times where MJF is, even though he's in an important feud, isn't necessarily chasing for the title. I just think Darby is really cold right now. I don't think it's an indictment of what's going to happen to him in the future and especially if darby allen starts throwing his weight around and threatening to leave the company and his contract starts coming up i think they do need to do something with darby sooner rather than later but and i completely agree mjf is definitely way hotter right now and he's here's, on a trajectory that's on the opposite of what darby allen is doing here's the thing about darby though the way darby wrestles you don't do that into your 40s hell you probably don't even do that into your mid-30s no no and i don't think he's planning on that he's a guy with a death wish and i do think he's well aware that the style he wrestles is going to shorten his career and he's here for a good time. Not a long time. I would strategy wise. He should have had Sammy Guevara's trajectory. 
they should have given Darby those opportunities now. Like Tony Khan should literally look at Darby and be like, this guy's this car's only got so many miles. It's a hot rod, but it's only this car's only gonna last me so long. So if I'm racing it, better better do that sooner rather than later. And that might be part of it with Darby is that they know how crazy he is in the ring and how he just goes all out. And so maybe they're just trying to preserve that and not <laughs> go all the way with Darby Allen every single week and have him, you know, in the center doing all these big matches because he's going to flame out. It's tough, man. It's tough. But yeah, and I think Sting has overshadowed him a bit. Um, it's really tough. Brody King came out. The lights went out when the lights go out, like five saying about it. Um, Five, five saying when the lights go out, right? That was their song. Uh, sure. uh, boy band, early 2000s. Look it up. Uh, Birdie yes. King and Julia Hart were there when the lights came back on. They tried to get uh, Alan Sting to come back to the ring. Yeah. So we're going back to Darby and Brody King, which is a surprise. Another hint that Darby is in a holding pattern right now. And I really don't know what you do with Darby. Do you put him with Moxley if Moxley wins that world title? Is anybody going to buy that? Do you have him chase a TNT title? Here's Darby's problem is that he's a babyface. And this is yeah. why MJF is coming up right now is because everybody who's champion right now are babyfaces. Swerving our glory, soon to be the acclaimed, will be the tag team champions. You've got Wardlow as TNT champion. You've got either Moxley or Brian Danielson as the world champion. You've even got Hook as the FTW champion. They're all babyfaces right now. So there's really not much for Darby to sink his teeth in in terms of chasing somebody. Drake Hag, three. $2 super chat. Darby throwing around all 60 pounds away. That's mean. <laughs> He's yeah. a little guy. Yes. <laughs> My smallest cat looks like Darby Allen. Hey, 300 pounds worth of star power for, for my vote. So loved this segment. Claudio Castanoli out there cutting a promo with Wheeler Yuta. Chris Jericho interrupting. And it's going to be Chris Jericho, or should I say Chris Jericho, when he wins that Ring of Honor championship off Claudio Castanoli next week at Grand Slam. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The Ocho, I think he has to win. God love Claudio Castagnoli, but if you talk about potential as a champion, Chris Jericho is in a whole nother league. He is so could you, I mean, I was thinking about this when he's out there and he's putting over Jericho Appreciation Society. He starts doing the Ocho thing. Chris Jericho is just like a catchphrase machine. He is like the Rick and Morty of professional wrestling that yeah. everything he says could be merchandised or memed. Yeah, I've said it before. Chris Jericho treats gimmicks like disposable vape pens. He yeah. just throws them out when he's done, and he's got a new gimmick. Fired up, five hundred milligrams of new gimmick. Every that's part week. of it too. And think about like think about it. it. Really points out all the wrestlers that just like ride their catchphrase. Like like Road Dog's been working the same shtick for twenty years now. Like Jericho, just every couple months has something like that's golden and brand new. I feel like Chris Jericho approaches wrestling like comedy, where it's like he's got a new hour every couple of months, as yeah. opposed to just doing the same jokes. So he's like George Carlin or Louis C.K., where every year he's got a new hour, he's got new material. Once it starts working, he throws it away so that he can develop something else. It's incredible. It's really incredible. I mean, he is by far one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. No, easily, yeah, easily one of the greatest. And if you want to talk about on the mic, if you want to talk about characters, like you could put him in that Undertaker conversation. I know a lot of people will say, oh, the Undertaker's the greatest character of all time, but just because of how, and Undertaker did this too, but how many times Jericho has been able to 
reinvent himself. And it's one thing to reinvent yourself. It doesn't always work. He reinvents himself as a super over star every time out. And that he is the, the Madonna said. of professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. The David, I would say David Bowie. Oh, there you go. Um, this was a good promo, but yes, he wants that ring of honor championship. I think it might happen. Oh, it has to. I think there's too much potential for maybe it might, maybe they'll have Claudio win at grand slam, but I think the plan is to eventually have Jericho win that title. I hope it does happen at grand slam. I think it'd be a big pop. And I just love, I, I to this day think that they shouldn't have taken the title off him as the champion for at least the, I think he should have had that title for much longer than he did. And they put it on Moxley, good for Moxley, but I liked the champion. I loved Chris Jericho as world champion. And I think that we're going to get some of that with, with the Ocho. There we go. Majerico. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see the old SNL sketch uh, when Roseanne was hosting and she was divorced from Tom Arnold and they did like an E true Hollywood star or like a TV movie. And it was like, what if Madonna had hooked up with Tom Arnold and they called their label Madarnold? <laughs> I, I do remember seeing, I don't, I don't remember that joke, but I do remember seeing the kind of the behind the music type thing that they did. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Jericho is incredible. What did you think of Diamante challenging Jade Cargill for the TBS championship at Arthur Ashe? Excellent. Very random, especially for a show of this magnitude, especially for a star of this magnitude. Yeah. And this is a show where they just threw a lot of matches at you with this. This has been a show that they've known about for a long time. I think they did a fantastic job building up last year's show. And this year, let me yeah, tell you I didn't right realize now, it was next week. Shout out to Sal Justin Lopez, friend of the show. He lives in the New York area. I got one of my connects from the streets, had some extra tickets. I was like, Justin, I can cook you up with some extra tickets if you want them. He's like, no, this card looks whack, man. He just want to, and this is a huge fan. This is a guy who goes to all the shows. and He, supports he, doesn't, want free he doesn't want to go to this goddamn thing. And I don't blame him. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, it's uh, tough, man. I think with Jade, they spent so much time building up Athena. And the end result was so predictable. Um, they almost have to flip the script on how they do this. And in fact, you know what? I think the answer is Willow Nightingale, who they keep booking like a jobber who is like beloved. Like, I, how can you dislike Willow Nightingale? She like her smile is infectious. She's great in the ring. She's charming. I think you build someone like her up as a serious baby face uh, to Jade. And you could actually have people think, I don't know, maybe this will happen um you should still probably lose but at least they'll be more compelling like give somebody a shot give it like a real build uh but why i mean why is penelope ford beating willow nightingale i know they've got a lot invested in penelope but i don't feel like penelope's over yeah and willow nightingale is in that role where she does lose a lot but i do think that they need to do more with her because she's just instantly lovable in a way that nobody else is in that roster especially in the women's division i just think they just there's an immediate connection she has with this crowd where just she just has a spirit about her. Yeah. Um, good lengthy match tonight. And she wrestled it well, but once again, she lost. Yeah, and I will say about Penelope Ford, she's getting better every week. I think ever since she came back, I don't know if she had been training intensely or whatnot, but she has improved. I do think there's a no, lot of I'm not of saying she's a bad wrestler, but yeah, her yeah. character... But her kid, do you feel like her character connected with the audience tonight? Because I didn't no, feel that at all. Not at all. I felt 100% like Willow Nightingale connected better with the audience. And I think her in that role as a babyface is exactly what this division needs. I think they're stumbling upon something with Jamie Hayter, but that's more of the fans kind of deciding yeah. they love Jamie Hayter and telling AEW to push her. But with Willow Nightingale, I don't think it's going to take much if you just give her a couple of wins 
that's the type of person who should be doing an underdog storyline where long term you maybe have Willow chase Jade Cargill and she keeps losing, keeps losing, and then finally wins. That'll make a superstar. I think that's one way to go with Jade Cargill eventually dropping that title. It could be to somebody like Willow Nightingale who endears herself to the audience and becomes undeniable. Is Willow signed or is she on a per appearance deal? I think she might have been signed. I know when she first came and started wrestling for uh, AEW, it was a per appearance, but I think she was, wasn't she with ROH and that kind of got absorbed? Was but... she? I, didn't know, I don't know as much about her background. I just know that like, she's so funny. There's some wrestlers when you see them, you're like, they have the it factor and she has that thousand times over yeah 100 yeah she was most recently with roh and um so i don't know what her contract details is with uh, aew but i would imagine that she's but they're they're treating her like enhancement talent but i mean this is like she's getting it's not the blue pants reaction i mean she's getting like the non-meme version of that she's getting like we genuinely like you but that's where her losing, I think, is going to help her. I think that's part yeah. of this formula is you don't do it where WWE always tries to recreate the Brian Danielson situation and you purposely beat somebody who is like a hot baby face or whatnot just to piss off the crowd. I think this is somebody who right now she is in that kind of enhancement talent role, but she's an overachiever in that where people see potential. But if she becomes a lovable loser and then eventually starts winning matches, I think that's going to catch fire. Yeah. Uh, Drake Hogg. Three two dollar super chat saying Diamante needs a ladder to make eye contact with Jade. Yeah, she was very small next to Jade. It was very random. I didn't even know it was Diamante because the way they shot her, it just showed her hair, and you didn't really see her face. I thought that might have been Evelise, which I know she's not coming back to AEW. But uh, this is a very random. I have nothing but good things. Diamante is another one who's very underrated. She had a very good match against uh, Big Swole during Better Days mm. of AEW Dark. But again, they don't put Diamante on TV and Jane Cargill deserves better than this. She deserves a real, this is one of your biggest television stars. And at the last minute, you're just throwing her into this match that everybody knows she's going to win. Peter Bahi asking the real questions. How would you introduce Julie Pierce into Cobra Kai? Have you watched the new season of Cobra Kai yet, Elf? I've not yet. I heard it's incredible. It's We watched the entire thing last Friday. Everybody I've talked to who's watched it said that they couldn't put it down. So they just binged it right away and they didn't. Stop. It moves so fast this season. Like, there is no drag, no filler. It is just nonstop. Uh, I think Julie Pierce uh, could come in easily. There is a female higher up on the bad guy side, an adult female. And I think Julie Pierce going toe to toe with her would be great. It's got to happen in the next season. I mean, it's, it's got to happen before the series is over. Like, there's no way they can uh, avoid that aspect of the Karate Kid legacy. And oh my God, they do something brilliant in how they tie. I mean, like, first off, if you're like me and you've carried the torch for Karate Kid 3 for the past 30 years, like Cobra Kai has got your back. But oh my God, did they pick a, they picked an amazing Karate Kid 3 tie in this season to add like another layer to the series. Wow. Yeah, I heard a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs in this season, I heard. Yeah, but I mean, this is just brilliant writing uh, on the part of uh, Powers That Be. So we head to Lexi Nair. Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. Page apologizes for screwing up their match, and Reynolds says it's in the past, but Adrade El Idolo and Jose the assistant walk in. He tells them they need to understand that they need to be stars. What's that? That was Roosh, right? I think that was uh, Roosh. Was it? I'm just looking at the recap here. Yeah, um, it, it looked like it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was Roosh. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they had this back and forth. I'm not into this at all. I, yeah. I do like Roosh, but. What happened? Remember how great those early Dark Order vignettes were? Yeah, they were good. Especially with, I mean, they did obviously lost something when Brody King unfortunately passed, but he was 
phenomenal in those. But even before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when they were doing the vignettes, like join the Dark Order when somebody was Yeah, like it was TV. like a multi-level yeah. marketing scheme. Like we're going to sell diet pills or something. Those are really you know? cool. Those are very creative. Yeah. It just it seems now like it's the dark. Where is the darkness in the Dark Order? Yeah, it's really just a campy gimmick now that they've just kind of turned it into a vid. There's nothing dark about it, to be honest. And when you've got the House of Black in Dark Order. I feel like Dark Order is like people who for it's for people who are like ironic goths like they're not really goths they're just like oh yeah you know i'm in a daria <laughs> yes all those ironic goths out there yes like Danhausen. very specific page hey that's somebody who i think should join dark order i think if they were actually Danhausen, that, actually Danhausen is the leader of dark order don't hate that Also, Dan Housen should be in a feud with Darby Allen and mocking Darby Allen that he doesn't have the energy to paint his full face. <laughs> they, they could do a match where the loser can't paint their face anymore. That'd be interesting. Do you imagine Darby without makeup? I mean, he does only paint half his face, so it's really an easy just transition. Just get a mirror and you could easily see what that would look like. I want to see Dan Housen, if he loses that match, just become like the most regular guy, just become like a car insurance salesman. Where I just become Dan Space Housen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Toxkazim499, <laughs> um, Triple H needs a big bag of horse. I don't know what he's actually talking about, a bag of horse. tranquilizers for Logan Paul versus the Tribal Chief. When the guy is going on, I don't know. Tox, I don't, I don't think Tox know. is into this matchup. Oh, okay, WWE's not doing a lot to get people to care, they've got time. I'm sure they're going to run an angle at the press conference. Maybe there's going to be a brawl. Jake Paul is going to get into it in the bloodline, and Jake Paul, they're going to throw some chairs. Well, what do you think? Sami Zayn might be in Vegas tomorrow. Yeah, it's not that far. I mean. We're, they're in Anaheim. Vegas is a hop, skip, yeah. and a jump. No, it's like, remember, Anaheim ain't L.A., dude. Like, Yeah, it's an hour away from here. Uh, but You got to cut over what through, like, that's a weird drive from Anaheim. Maybe well, it was just connecting boys. No, I used to do that. What was it, the 55? Because when I lived in West Covina, I was actually closer to Vegas. I was like half hour closer to Vegas than West well, Covina. I used to live in West Covina, too. Have we talked about this? It's no. a 91 to get to Anaheim, so you'd be on the 91 for... No, but dude, you take the 55, it's so much shorter. It's a straight oh, yeah. shot from Disney to West Covina. Like, you have to kind of go through Diamond Bar a little bit. No, I right. lived on uh, Barranca, that big apartment complex, like the yeah. fortress on, across from the In-N-Out Burger. Like, I lived there for a year and a half. I lived across from In-N-Out Burger, too, but I was on Grand Avenue. Wait, but you weren't in the big fortress apartment complex. No, no, no. Yeah, that's where I was. 2002 to 2003. Wow. Interesting times. But yes, um, so yeah, you could probably get to you could probably get to Vegas four and a half, maybe five hours from there. Sure. Yeah, it's it's again, it's um, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Zayn to be in it. In fact, you could go to John Wayne. You could fly Jet X direct on the semi-private flight, but probably on the corporate WWE jet. Yeah. Beats, beats going to the house show in Bakersfield tomorrow. That's for sure. Oh, he's doing anything in Bakersfield. <laughs> I like Fresno, though. We almost moved to Fresno. Fresno was our choice of where to move before Vegas. Fresno is a nice, I think it's very underrated. It's, it's a very, very big city. Huge. It's enormous. It's uh, right there in the middle of California, and it's got something for everybody. Our argument was that we would be four hours from LA and four hours, or like three hours from LA, three and a half hours from San Francisco. Okay. You know, but we, yeah, we decided not to do that. 
So anyhow, back to Rampage, because I could literally talk about this all day. Ethan Page beat Danhausen. This was fine. Yeah, just a garden variety squash match. People weigh in at Danhausen, but that's what he does. He can put people up. He doesn't need to win matches. So I don't know if they're doing anything with Ethan Page. He's just had so many false starts that I'll believe it when I see it. Yes. Uh, Ricky Starks sent a video. Said that he meant powerhouse Hobbs. Did what he set out to do. And he's going to see him personally in New York next week. Yeah, they're running that back. Another match that was announced. So this is going to be a long show because they're going to take the Rampage matches there too. Rampage is going to be a two-hour show. So you're looking at at least a four-hour show between Dynamite and Rampage for Grand Slam. I can't wait. Yeah, and two hours next week. Two hours of Rampage. We get to watch four hours of wrestling on Friday night next week. Yeah gonna be so we're, what we're gonna go on at like one in the morning on these coasts like how what starts at 10 eastern seven pacific yeah i guess it's 10 and then a, so midnight so midnight yeah well that's new york that's the, the east coast we're here on the west coast that's so about nine o'clock for us good for us true for isa it's like three in the morning in puerto rico right uh so <laughs> let's talk about the main event samoa joe versus josh woods for the ring of honor world television championship Good match, but there was come on, there was no way that Samoa Joe was dropping. No, I mean Josh Woods has some impressive quads. I will say that, and he was able to put them on display by picking up Samoa Joe, but didn't buy this for a second. They didn't build up Josh Woods enough for me to buy that he was going to win this match. And good for Samoa Joe. I like Samoa Joe on TV, and it looks like they're really getting behind this TV title and finally featuring it on television. Yeah, um, love Samoa Joe, love seeing him wrestle, thought this was pretty good, kind of a short match, but then really it was about afterwards when Nice and uh, everyone was attacking Joe, and then Warlow came out. Warlow did come out, he was all oiled up with the shirt off, and him and Samoa Joe are friends for now. Yes. Wasn't he supposed to have like an open challenge where he's defending that thing every single week? What happened to that? What happened to a lot of they could do it now. They've got a lot of suspension, so they've got some room if they want to put Wardlow over like that. But they do make a point to have Wardlow come out, and they do make him look like a star, and they are kind of trying to – it's funny because it seems like Tony Khan's got a lot of his old reliables, and one of them is booking people like Goldberg. He's using that formula for Hook, Jay Cargill, and now Wardlow, especially when it comes to the entrance and the chanting of Wardlow and the, the mystique behind that. You should mock that up on Pro Wrestling Bits and do a credit sequence and call it the Goldbergs. <laughs> yeah ah! i just might <laughs> there you go um this was an okay episode pre-taped always 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 a challenge that is the ongoing challenge of AEW. how do you make a pre-taped show exciting yeah especially when it's rampage which has always been a cold show I and mean, the first couple episodes were fire of course cm punk came back on rampage which seems so long ago but now it's just a show, and next week's Grand Slam Rampage is going to be up. That will not be a fast national Saturday. I can guarantee you that. That's going to be a show that they're going to put something into. And even though we know what's going to happen, it's going to be in the Grand Slam arena. It's going to be some big-time matchups they're going to have on Rampage. So that should be good for Rampage. Absolutely. Uh, we'll be here next week, one hour later than usual, to talk about it. Be back Tuesday for a pre-taped NXT. That'll be exciting. Yeah, that should be some fun stuff. I hear a lot of developments happen, and it's the old NXT. It's, 
I don't know uh, how soon or if they're ever going to go back to full sale and go back to that vintage look, but they're already doing some things, it looks like, here for the pre-tapes that are more indicative of the old NXT. Very exciting. So on that note, follow Alfred at This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. Issa should be back on Tuesday. Until next time, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. Hey, now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.